It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going auto reverse on the pretty things. So how can I say? So the Pretty Things, man. This is an interesting band for and for many reasons. I, you know, and uh, I got you know this is one of your suggestions, which I thank you for because I had to do a little dive on them because I, you know, this is another band I had a understanding of and liked a lot of their songs, but didn't really have a deep uh, their history at least, which is mm-hmm. very very uh, dramatic, but. Kind of a similar song again uh, that we hear a lot of the bands that we cover on auto reverse of you know bandits loved by musicians loved by a, some passionate fans but never really broke through yeah that's right i mean i think they had some success early on with some of the more bluesier stuff sort of coming out of their involvement well more like uh dick taylor's involvement with the stones um you know because i guess he played in an early version of the stones right. and another band before that little boy blue with, and uh, the blue boys um that, that was with but, mick, uh, uh, that was with mick right i think it was with mick was was keith in that band i thought keith was in that and brian jones i thought all of the all four yeah, yeah of those you're guys right 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 but yeah, you're yeah. Right. Uh, so they had some success early, like sort of UK and even in Australia. They had some success with their early signals, like Ro- Roslyn and "Don't Bring Me Down" and thing. And what was the other one? "Midnight to Six right, right, was right. another another yeah. early um, single that, that they had a hit on. Yeah, I, "Honey I Need" was another one. Yeah, yeah. Like I found out about their early stuff, like. Even after, I found out about their early stuff like after SF Sorrow and Parachute. Like I found out about their early stuff like in the early 2000s um, when I bought, I think, some sort of like uh, Columbia Records compilation to CD set where I had all those signal uh, singles and some of the albums were kind of more or less in their entirety there. But I didn't, I didn't know much about their early stuff. And I really like it um, a lot, but don't like it as much as i like sf sorrow and parachute those two records are just they blow me away i and yeah i mean yeah so yeah that's a funny band because it's like they started in 62 like you were saying um you know they're named after a bo diddley song which was uh, willie dixon i thought it was a willie oh, dixon, willie dixon r- wrote written, it, written wrote, song yeah written song but, but bo yeah. diddley and there's you know that early stuff is very bo diddley rollicky Kind yeah. of a little bit more, less of a smile and more with a sneer type of stuff. So, like, if you compare that with like, the, like the Rolling, what the Rolling Stones was doing, it, it what Rolling Stones was very much a more, not a pretty boy version of it, but a little less, a little less ag- like aggressive, of uh, that side of, of R and B. And I agree with you. Like, I don't find. The stuff that they did on the first three albums, and you're right. Once you got, you know, it's funny because the band, when you see their art, they they did they 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 really kind of 
took some chances. They were doing a thing where we're, they were instrumental in bringing new types of things to rock and roll music. And other times they were the, sometimes they were their leaders, sometimes they were their followers. I guess what I'm stumbling around trying to say. But the, yeah, the first three albums aren't anything. But SF Sorrow, which has the unique, um, uh, they have the unique credit of being the first rock opera. And I and yeah, and it's it's often disputed because the Who sort of gets all the credit, and the the release of SF Sorrow was odd because it was like it came out on um, I forget the name of the label in the UK, and then it came out a year later, right, in the states on on Rare Earth on the Motown Rock subsidiary label, and. Um, so people were like, "Oh, they're just copying the who, you know, uh, the who," and it's like, "No, that album actually came out before the who," you know. Yeah, um, yeah good Tom, like five, six, Tommy. Yeah, good like four months before. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and they uh, they were working on it a, for a while. Um, at I guess SSR was, re- and so was Parachute, mind you, um, was recorded at Abbey Road with the same guy that produced uh, Pink Floyd, Sauce Full of Secrets. Um, whose name I'm forgetting right now. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, Norman Smith. Norman, Norman Smith, 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 right. Yeah, Norman Smith. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those two albums, SF Sorrow and, and, and Parachute, uh, I was introduced to those records by a guy named Ned Brewster who worked at Venus Records on St. Mark's but also worked at a guitar store in... Um, I think 30th Street Guitars. Uh, he lives in Spain now, but he was a friend of mine who I used to hang out with at a bar called the Continental, uh, not the Continental, sorry, the International Bar. Mm-hmm. And I would sometimes, after we'd leave the bar, I'd go to his house. He lived like in this weird part of the east side and like the right, like 29th Street and mm-hmm. 2nd Avenue. He lived in this really oddball, weird kind of commercial neighborhood. And I would go there, and he was like, "Have you ever heard these albums, these SFR and Parachute?" I was like, "No, I, I've heard the, the name, I know the the band name, but I, and it was like, it was a revelation. It's like, where did this come from? Like, how how did they make this? What, how, <laughs> you know, what what does this have to do with their early stuff? Which I actually didn't get turned on to until later, right? Um, and why weren't these guys more considered more important? So then I just went down that rabbit hole." and um and just became obsessed with with both those records um and i think at the time both those records were commercial flops and now with all the sort of like reassessing and everything that's gone on in the last like 50 years it's like it's considered they're considered masterpieces i think by a lot of people not not by everyone but by by a lot of people who have good taste <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like those albums are you know remarkable um and they're one of those they're what i call i wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're creeper albums but they grow on you really quick you know uh creeper stuff is usually stuff that kind of creeps up on you you know you listen mm-hmm. to it a little bit more but i don't think they're they're more like i every time i i liked it the first time i listened and heard it more like the song summertime that radio show used to do in East Village Radio, that for mm-hmm. many months was like our closing song. We'd play that. I think we did it yeah. corny enough, did it at the sum- in the summer. But like, yeah, I didn't, 
like I didn't really know about them that much until like, um, and I would hear them here. Like I would always say, like, who is that when, when someone would be playing them and pretty things. And then you know, I'd like, oh, never did the rabbit hole until I. Funny enough, uh, you know Eric Davison, right? New Bomb Turk. Yeah. Yes. So I he do. he told me he told me he was doing a, a, this really cool article about Death of Samantha that was going to be an ugly thing. Uh, magazine, oh, okay. And everything's magazine. I was like, oh, cool, because I kind of know John, and and so I was like, I'll be interested to see this because um, you know uh, John, who was the lead singer of Death of Samantha. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're all, all Ohio boys. Um, mm -hmm. And I was going through this magazine. Eric did a really, really nice article about Death Samantha. But this guy just had, there was like pretty things, record reviews and other little tidbits here and here. And I was like, God, this guy must love pretty things because he just, he kept raving about it. And there was like a, a live album of sf sorrows that he just went he just said this is such a perfect album this is and live it's even better and just check it out and so that's when i kind of went in the rabbit hole in there and I, you know it, you're right it's like it's kind of astounding that you know these guys the guys who start off in 62 kind of yeah, you know, I, I just think this is fascinating. Also, when they, people put the stake in the ground one, and then they move it and try something else, and then after such crushing, like crushing defeat, they go out and make their best music. Dude, when you listen to the earlier stuff, to me, like that stuff should have been that stuff should have been more more popular at the time. Right. Given, like I, I, I that, I'm sort of more mystified why that that's not those things weren't more popular and that they had to struggle because they had good, you know, you know, they had really good vocals. Um, you know, um, you know, I, I think Phil May's voice is really kind of it's it's not. It's unique. It's got enough of a personality to it, but not too much mm -hmm. where it turns you off. Their songwriting is really, really good. They write some really good hooks. Um, you know, Dick Taylor, great guitar player. You know, just interesting licks. It's just, it's funny how you listen to these albums and you're taken away from them, but and you can understand why people are so passionate fans with it. But it's just like how this escape, given that the stuff isn't that like that. Counter. It's not like the Mothers of Invention or something that where it's that counter to what's going on at the time. You know, it seemed like that was just a kind of a little bit more unique version of what was going on in time, but not like again. Do you find that kind of a little bit curious? Like they weren't like a, even a little bit more popular or a little bit they're not able to put like kind of make the band thing work out in terms of on their own name. Um, I th I. I I think their early stuff could have. I think 
it should have been more popular. Um, the early sing singles, just because it was like you like you said, it was so timely. It was just going. It was it was perfectly aligned with what was happening in the sort of British invasion scene and the Beatles sort of blowing up and stuff. But um, and the Stones blowing up and everything. But I think it like to me as SF Sorrow and Parachute are sort of the triumph right. of of the human of like the human spirit and the creative push that these guys had. They were a rowdy bunch. They liked to fight. Yeah. Um, they got in a lot of, weren't they, they got in New Zealand, weren't they? Their first couple, like, did they get banned from New Zealand? Yeah. They were like banned from New Zealand. They, they, they criticized their label. They criticized TV networks. Like they, they, they did all sorts of stuff. They were always fighting with different, like different, people and punters and fans right. and then they and then they did something which i i think may have um worked against them in terms of like why weren't they more popular like they grew their hair out and and right. they looked and they looked really like they looked like hoods you know so to me all those things are amazing right like i'm like yes it makes me like them more it's another layer of of uh, another attribute that it, i just add into the, my liking them um, but I think at the time, I think, you know, there was a lot of teeny bopper kind of aspect to the, 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 the fan base of a lot of these bands and they, they don't want, they don't want to look at a guy has a black guy and hair down to his shoulders and looks like he just like crawled out of a, you know, like the, you know, out of a fucking cave. Uh, that, and so I think that that sort of stuff worked against them and possibly, uh, shaped, those albums that they made that were such like such like creative monsters you know like and, and that and and another and i can just and i could also say yeah like the psychic the psychedelic psychedelia was like becoming more and more um you know common but something about the way their version of psychedelic psychedelia and the way that they put those records together, because they were sort of conceptual. And if right. you really listen to the lyrics in SF Sorrow, it's some dour ass shit. Yeah, you know? it's not and, really. Yeah, it's and not, it, that does yeah. not work. Yeah, it was, it was. Uh, for Pete, like a teeny bopper, young, uh, you know, impressionable. Uh, it, you know, it's it's like they were just too. They were just too ahead of their time. Well, yeah, you I know mean, what I mean. I, that's yeah. really what it comes down to. Well, you look in like '65. They when they did this uh, the album, get the picture. They had a song that you're talking about pissing people off. Like in '65, they did the uh, the song called LSD. Which yeah, if it was three years, three or four years later, no one would have had a problem with it. It actually right, could, and it right. would, and it would potentially could have been a really big hit for them. But because it was in '65 and people weren't really, they were still like, yeah, you're like the hairs were maybe medium they were kind of in that middle ground between short and long and you know it, it it hurt them no one wanted to play it on the radio stations and you know they didn't they uh, you know to their to you know they seem to do things on their own like this is the way we're going to be doing it i mean just like even taylor turning down the rolling stones to play bass just so he could be in the pretty things and do vocals that's i mean that's you know that's telling you about someone who is just rather they like look i'd rather you know you know rule of my own hell than be on my knees in your heaven you know yeah and i yeah and i and i think um 
this struggle that they had in, initially, um, I think that sort of shaped them because I, I, I think only struggle could have produced SF Sorum Parachute. I only, I mean, they had some lucky breaks. They were able to record those records in Abbey Road. I think the guy that recorded them, you know, was an engineer, was uh, an engineer there and had, had, I think had worked on the white album, but I'm not, I'm not positive. They had, so they had some breaks in terms of be, being able to find their sonic, you know, um, the perfect sonic environment to make those records. But I think the struggle shaped the, the lyric content. It right. shaped, it shaped the conceptual nature of the records and the fact that they were pushing, they were taking something and pushing it further out at a time when a lot of these artists were still trying to figure that stuff out. They said, fuck it, we're doing it. And they did it. And people didn't catch up to it till later. I look at love from LA as a similar thing, even yeah. though love was popular in LA, they were the big, big, you know, big dogs in LA. They were not popular. Maybe they were popular in Phoenix. Who the fuck knows, but they weren't popular in the rest of the country. Yeah. And I feel like maybe, maybe, it's because their like the pretty things their sound was was put was you know they were pushing so far ahead of everyone else that it just took years and time to for people to catch up you know and I, I mean dude I didn't hear SF, I didn't hear SF Sorrow and 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 Parachute till like 1997 98 right, that's when right, I heard right. those albums and I didn't even hear their early material till I bought a CD at, at Rocket Scientist well, in like 2002 so you know it's and that's not to say anything. I'm not. I'm not from the. You know. I'm not from that generation. But, but I'm just saying. Like, I, I think over time, people recognize yeah, their genius. You know. That's an interesting thing because they're not. How can I put this? Like when I heard their first. Like it took me some time to really kind of get what they were great. You know, to get their to like listen to more than a couple things. Others than like after I heard that SF Sorrow album and. And then listen to the hit. Listen to the live album. Didn't listen to the studio album. Like they didn't really want. Like at least for me, and maybe this is more of a personality thing. Like I, they didn't leave me wanting. Like I didn't want to. I didn't. I wasn't like wanting to go straight there. And like oh, I got to see what else they have. I was just like oh, that was that's a really great album. And I just kind of went on to the next thing. Um, it really, you know, Parachute was a little bit later. And I listened to that. And I'm like mm -hmm. oh, that's a really good album. But it never made me like, oh, let me go look at something else. Like the only time, truthfully, I did it was when we put this playlist, when you put this playlist together. I was just like, well, let me go listen to whole albums from this one just so I can hear it. And it was, you know, mostly the, the earlier stuff, um, which I'm glad I didn't go into a rabbit hole. Because I think like my appreciation of them is better, like how whatever the pacing I did it at made a little yeah. more sense. They're not... Put it like this. It's like I, you know, when I first heard, well, there, well, there's a lot of bands. So who you hear, you're just like, I want to hear the next album. Who are these guys? And, you know, some of that's with jazz and some of that's with other things. But it's like, they, I, I appreciated them. I liked it, but it wasn't like, oh, I got to go knee deep in these guys and see everything they have. And I think that that's, that's really not a knock so much on them is really just maybe, you know, my particular way of, what? Coming to them, coming yeah, to them, the like... way you, yeah, the way you approach them, yeah. I, I, I have a different approach. As soon as I heard S, S of Sorrow, I was just, I was, I was hooked, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I and that, and that could have just been, 
the you know where I was at um, you know in my music listening I think I may have heard uh, small faces uh, Ogden's not uh, not what's the name of the I always forget how to pronounce the album um, Ogden's nut brown flake or whatever the, the one that's like the the <laughs> yeah, cigarette no, tin on the uh, cover you're asking and the guy which, with the horrible recall you're asking the yeah um that album to me is also a concept album and has a similar sort of uh arc like like the pretty things different uh stylistically but right. still similar arc and stuff so i that that was the kind of stuff i was listening to at the time i think i might have been listening to the turtles a lot and flo and okay, eddie so it just sense. it just made sense that, right. that that it would have that impact on me um and the oh the other thing is you mentioned ugly uh, ugly things earlier the magazine which um, is a great I love the magazine even yeah, though it's, it's really, like it's really gets in the weeds uh, yeah it does do you, do you think that even the name of the magazine is a nod to the pretty things I think so yeah so and I, I I've, I've literally read like a hundred reviews of the pretty things in that magazine yeah not to mention ugly things released that record that i turned you on to a few days ago the one that they made between sf sorrow and parachute the one that they did for that french rich french socialite philippe debarge yeah they made a record with him that's actually oh, that's right he got the acetate. fantastic he got the yeah acetate. he got the acetate and reissued right. it in 2009 and i remember i had the record store there and we bought it we bought in like three copies from forced exposure and they sold immediately wow. i didn't even I, I didn't even have time to grab my own um what do you mean and, or you, you didn't have time well not you're, time. you're, you're I, working I, in the I, store I, I was working in the store i turned around there were, I, I think i missed like a sh i didn't go to a shift i didn't work a shift or two and they were sold out by the time i got back oh wow to buy to get it so um i actually bought a copy the other day on discogs a, a new copy from a canadian seller but um but yeah so so I don't know what my point is, but um, I, no. I guess what I guess what I'm saying is I was ready for them when I finally discovered well, discovered it, them. It's funny because well, it's not funny, but it's you know they're they're the money that they did make it from what I the stuff that I read was like doing that album and then they did a bunch of film library music too under that's the, right the name with the electric banana and yeah but they made that's how they made a you know a little bit more money and. You know, it's funny because they, they went through a lot of lineup changes. Taylor left after SF Sorrow, which I'm inferring that was because that he thought that thing was just going to take him to the, like, they probably poured their heart and soul in that album. And then everyone just kind of went meh and nothing and nothing happened. And that probably was very discouraging. And he was just like, you know, I put all of my, put everything I could into this and, you know, you know, if that doesn't make us this band successful, then it's never going to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, it's possible that he just cut bait, you know. Yeah. He just cut cut bait and said later. But, uh, the, but you know, honestly, after they made Parachute and then, and then they made all those, like, library records for, like, softcore porn movies, um, which I, by the way, if I could find that stuff, I'll buy it, right. buy it up in a second. Uh, but then after that, those albums that they made after, the, the one on Swan Song, Silk Torpedo, right. and all that, they're kind of shitty. They're not good records. Yeah. I, they're not good records, you know. I, I think I maybe put, like, three or four, like, two or three songs from those records on. Yeah, yeah, you didn't put that many on there, I guess. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. It was really, like, listening to it, it was, like, is kind of, like, 
I've I've seen those records in record stores, right? And I always know this is the post parachute period. I'm not that interested, but I've always had like half a right idea to buy, pick it up for five dollars. But now I realize that I was my instincts were correct. It's like they're kind of shitty, and it, and it's kind of like it was cringy to listen to them. I'm like, oh man, there's some really bad, like 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 attempts at bad company and other weird oh, do you things. think that was do you think that was because uh, he was represented by peter grant they were at that time so yeah yeah and you know that they that was his two main acts is zeppelin and bad company i don't know i think i think maybe there i think the, i think they may have fallen into that pressure to make uh make some records that were sort of like um commercially current and the, 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 so Silk Torpedo, the other one's called Savage Eye, and then there's another one. Like they're just like they're just like okay, let's try the a birdsy kind of song. Let's try a Bad Company song, and it's just kind of <laughs> like really shitty. I mean, any anyone that loves the the Pretty Things knows that those records are bad. I mean, there's super fans that will listen to those records just you know just to to be consistent. But I, I mean, I, right. I I I tried to I tried to piece together at least a, a little bit of some songs from there just to put in the playlist and it was hard it was like li literally one song from each record were worth putting on there yeah. and, ba and barely at that um but that's but that's you know that's again that's another uh, trait of the bands that we cover on auto reverse is that sometimes they like a lot of it is they're ahead of their time. They bright, they shine brightly. They and they burn out quickly. And yeah. you know, in their in the in the Pretty Things case, Jimmy Page, who was a you know I'm sure friends with them from back in the day, from the Yardbird days, yeah. Yardbirds days, um, he gave them a little bit of a lifeline there after after all that and had them make make some records on Swan Song. But they really just petered out like hard, you know. Um, and it, the the records are you know a reflection of that. Uh, I think they did some stuff in the '90s and 2000s, like where they reunited. Yeah, I, they did some stuff like in, um, geez, like in I think it was like Spain? in Spain. Was it in Spain? I don't know. I, I could be. I might be wrong, but yeah, they did some stuff. But didn't they do some stuff like in 2010 or yeah, something or, like, like that? Some stuff. Yeah. Anyhow. Do you have that uh, box set, the bouquets from a cloudy, cloudy sky? No. What is that? It's a, it's a, you know, it's a box set. A career. It's, you know, it's something that has all their shit in there. I have, I had a two CD set of all their early stuff, uh, not including uh, parachute or. Um, or SF Sorrow, all the stuff that they did on their early label, which I think was called Fontana, that right. now Columbia or CBS or whatever, or I think it's Columbia, they own, or Sony, they have the right. rights to that stuff now. Um, but that's what I had. This other box that you're talking about, I don't um, I don't know about. Like, does it have all of their stuff? Yeah, it has all their stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah they, you know, they did that live album at the, uh, the OT Arena, and then mm -hmm. I think Roger, not Roger, David Gilmore, Oh. Uh, and Van Morrison, I forget what song David Gilmore played on, but I ha I heard it's off of SF Sorrow, I believe, and it's, mm -hmm. just, it's, it's pretty amazing. But you know, they, you know, the film may passed away in um, 
just a few months ago. Yeah, a few yeah. months ago. So yeah, he had some. You know, he had, I think that was one of the reasons why they had the concert in 2018. Um, but uh, just to kind of pay tribute to him as well. And yeah, know, yeah. It's. I mean, it's again the playlist. Again, is is it takes a nice ride through their more their ups than their downs. I think he did a really good job of keeping. Uh, the suspect stuff out, uh, but you get a good rep- right. but you get a good representation of the band and what really makes them worth a listen, which is all what where you do at auto reverse is try to get you guys listening to and gals listening to the things that or girl and guy you know the two people that we're talking to <laughs> guys and girls <laughs> guys and girls yeah. the three guys and four girls or lady four, lady yeah. and gentlemen yeah lady and gentlemen and you know. Take a look at this band because it is worth it. Uh, you know, if even if it doesn't become your favorite new band, it's something worth listening to in terms of seeing a band that really incredibly musicians who write really great songs and just you know never the spot the, the spotlight was a little bit too much to the to the, to the writer left and they never got caught in it. But you know, it's worth it listening for. They were part of a very creative scene. Um, yeah. Them, Pink Floyd, the Pink, the Pink Fairies, right. all those bands, the Deviants, uh, Hawkwind. Uh, yeah. They yeah. were all part of that sort of roundhouse, roundhouse uh, scene, and they, and also uh, Bowie paid tribute to them on the Pinups record. I right. think there's a cover or two of Pretty Things songs there. So, yeah, I think anyone that listens to the playlist, anyone that listens to our show here, will. If you're a music fan, you will get something out of it. Yeah, and if, and if you're not a music fan, then I, we really got to question why you're talk, listening to this because there's no other. Yeah, you reason. got you got it. You gotta you gotta get Cause, lost because we don't neither, neither one of us have silky tones in our voices, so it can't be because <laughs> of that. So <laughs> get if you're not a music fan, get lost. Yeah, beat it. All right. Well, if you have anything you'd like to say to us. Uh, auto reverse pod at gmail.com or hit us up on instagram or facebook uh, but until next time all right peace